thank the Lord for our pastor. Um, so to clarify, the service starts at 6.30, but prayer will be at 6 o'clock. So let's all be there at 6 o'clock and, and lift this city up in prayer. Amen? I'm excited to bring Brother uh, Joe Sizemore to the uh, pulpit today, uh, executive pastor of Grace Point Church. I know he's a dear friend and somebody that I have personally leaned on myself um, in my ministry, and he's always given amazing advice and been there to support to support this church and, and just be a part of this city. So, Pastor Joe Sizemore, if you would please come up and take your liberty, and if we could stand and just greet him with a hand clap today, amen. Amen. Come on, why don't you give that to the Lord right now? Would you do that? Oh, come on, we can do better than that. Somebody lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you today. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. You can sit down for just a moment. Amen. What a tremendous honor it is to be at the Tree of Life Church today. I believe there's healing for the nations in this place. Amen. Praise God. What an honor it is to be asked to come and minister today on this wonderful One Service Unity Weekend. And uh, we are so honored to be here today. We give great honor to your pastor and his wonderful wife and family, Pastor Urshan. We love them. We appreciate them. We've enjoyed uh, getting to know them and building relationship with them over the years. Amen. And we're thankful for God, what God is doing through them here at Tree of Life. How many loves your pastor? That's good. Amen. I thought you'd feel that way. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I also give honor today to uh, Bishop Buller and uh, his wonderful wife and family. We love them. Amen. Thank God for them as well. Give honor to Brother and Sister Enos today. Uh, we love them. Appreciate them. Now, Brother Enos and I are, are planning on going to Griffin, Indiana sometime. And if you don't know where that is, don't look it up on the map. It's not there. <laughs> but we're going to make that happen, Brother Enos. I love and appreciate you. And I love all of the ministry, to all the ministry here at Tree of Life Church. I don't know if you know this, but you are blessed to have such great ministers and great laity here in this church. Why don't you give them a hand today? <laughs> Praise God. And of course, the brother and sister Tierney, we love them and appreciate them, bro. I love you, man. You're doing a great job. Amen. Praise God. Praise God for that. Stand again to your feet. Amen. We'll get all the preliminaries out of the way, and we're going to go to the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. Your pastor called me last night, and he said, now, bro, I don't do a very good Brother Urshan impression, but now I try to have everybody out by about 12 o'clock. And I said, really? I've heard you preach, Doc, and I, I got to tell you, well, still the day of miracles. Amen. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. I'll never be invited back. Revelation chapter 2 today, and I apologize for not getting with the media team before, before now, but Revelation chapter 2 in one verse. 
verse number 17. While you're finding that, I, of course, bring greetings today from Grace Point Church and Pastor David Bryan and the staff over there. Uh, such an honor to be a part of the, what God is doing in this great city. Amen. And God is doing great things in this city. Can you say amen? We're looking forward to tonight. It's going to be a great night of unity, a great night of worship. I believe that there will be miracles that will take place at the service tonight. I believe there could be a miracle that takes place right here today. Amen? I hope there's enough faith in this house today to, to get behind that. Revelation chapter number 2 and verse number 17. Excited for what God is doing here. I hope you're ready now. I don't even go to church here and I'm ready now. I'm <laughs> excited about what God is doing through your Ready Now campaign. Amen. Bigger and better, greater things are yet to come. Amen. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17, one scripture today. And we're going to park it right here. He says, he that hath an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. How many knows that God still speaks to the churches? He's still talking to the churches. To him that overcometh. Everybody say overcometh. Will I give to eat of the hidden manna. And will give him a white stone. And in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Can you say amen to the word of the Lord today? I want to borrow that little phrase there out of that verse. And I want to talk to you for a few moments today on a white stone. A white stone. Would you put your Bibles down and let's go to the Lord one more time. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, God, for the spirit that we have felt in this place. God, I thank you, Lord, for the choir and for the praise team and the worship team. God, I, I thank you, Lord, for an atmosphere that we can walk into today and our faith be lifted and, and we be edified in your house today. Oh, God, I'm asking now, Lord, that you would open up our, our hearts and open up our minds. And, and God, let your word get on the inside of us today. God, let your word saturate us. Let it do a perfect work in all of us, God, I pray. We thank you. We glorify you. We celebrate, God, what you're doing here in this place and in our city abroad. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray today. And somebody shout amen. amen. Come on, one more time. Let's give the Lord some praise in this place. Would you do that? God bless you. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord usually says what it means, means what it says, and generally means something a little bit deeper. That's why I hope you study the word of God. I hope that you don't just take your pastor's word for it. I hope you don't just take this preacher's word for it today. I hope you don't take your friend's word for it. I hope you get in the book. I hope you study the book and find out for yourself. The book of Revelation in the Bible are the writings of things that are yet to come. 
They were penned by a man named John who was the beloved of Jesus Christ. In other words, he was the disciple, if you will, that Jesus loved. And when all the other disciples had been martyred, when all the other disciples had been killed off, if you will, John was not killed off. He was exiled, the Bible says, to an island called Patmos. He was essentially stranded there and left for dead. When all, all on that island, while he was there, the Bible says that John began to pray. He began to see visions, and then the Bible says that he heard the voice of the Lord. I think it's interesting that God had to get John on an island by himself in order to speak to him. I wonder if sometimes God doesn't have to get us off on an island by ourselves in order to really speak to us and tell us what he wants us to know. Bible says that John heard this, this voice of the Lord and the Lord told him to write down the things that he saw and, and the things that God revealed to John were the things of the end. And, and these writings became what we know today as the book of Revelation. Now, as, as you read and as you read the beginning of John's writings here, you find that John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And when he got in the spirit, he heard a great voice as of a trumpet. And that voice said, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I am the first and the last. When John found his way into the spirit, he heard the voice of the Lord speak to him. Can I, can I just tell somebody here today that it pays to be in the spirit of the Lord on the Lord's day. In fact, it pays to be in tune with the spirit every single day. Not just one day a week, not just between 10.30 and 12 on a Sunday, not just for a couple of hours on a Wednesday night, but I got to tell you it pays to be in the spirit of the Lord every single day. Because when you're in the spirit of the Lord, you'll find yourself tuned in to what the Lord is speaking into your life. When you're in the spirit, you'll get a word from the Lord that you need for the hour that you're in and the things that you're going through. I want you to notice that God revealed himself to John when he was in the spirit. If John would have not been in the spirit, he would have never heard the word from the Lord. You need to hear me this morning. God is looking for some people who are willing to get in the spirit on the Lord's day. God is looking for some folks that are tuned in to what God is saying and what he is doing can you say amen today John was in the spirit on the Lord's day he heard the ver he heard the voice of God his ear was tuned to hear what the Lord was saying to him and so when you get over into chapter number two and into our text there in verse number 17 you see God continuing to speak to John concerning the churches and look what he says in verse 17 he says he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches now the first part of this verse here today lets me know that having an ear is a prerequisite to hearing you must have an ear to be able to hear and while the Spirit is speaking into our lives today, perhaps not everyone has the ability to hear what it's saying. 
It lets me know that people can gather together in a meeting such as this and the Spirit can speak and yet nobody hear. And while we'll call that church, in reality, if nobody recognized the frequency of the Spirit, then it was really just a meeting. Yeah. I think sometimes God tries to speak to us and he tries to get our attention, but I fear that too often we're out of tune and, and we don't have our ears on and we cannot hear what God is saying. We're not picking up the signal. And the Lord told John, he said, John, make sure you write it down so that the church would know he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I wonder if there's any churches in our city today that have got their ears on and are tuned in to what God is trying to say. <laughs> Bible says that in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter got all excited because they were trying to take Jesus away. The Bible says he drew his sword and he cut off the ear of a man named Malchus. Bible says that Jesus immediately rebuked Peter for that and he said, I don't know what you're trying to do, Peter, but that's the wrong move. And the Bible says Jesus reaches down and he puts the man's ear back on. Why did Jesus do that, Brother Sizemore? I believe that he did that because Jesus knew that just another book later in the book of Acts that Malchus was going to need to hear what the preacher had to say. And he could not hear if he did not have an ear. I think there's far too many preachers and far too many churches that are running around cutting ears off. And we wonder why nobody will respond to the message. And we wonder why nobody will come to the altar. And we wonder why nobody can get deliverance and nobody can get set free. But oh to God, give me somebody who's a restorer of the ears. Give me somebody who will reach down into a mess and put an ear back on so that somebody might hear what the Lord has to say. Can you shout amen? Mm, I wonder what the Spirit is trying to say to the churches. I, I wonder what the Spirit is trying to say to Tree of Life Church today. I wonder what the Spirit is trying to say to all of the churches in the Cincinnati area. Lord, don't let us get so wrapped up in everything around us that we forget to have our ears tuned to what you're saying. Come on, the Spirit is speaking, but are we hearing? Yes, you can hear the voice of God through other people. Yes, you can hear the voice of God through your pastor. Yes, you can hear the voice of God through the ministers here. But I want you to know today that you are a child of God, and His Spirit is within you, and He can talk to you. That's how you're led by the Spirit. First of all, you got to have the Spirit and second of all, you got to be in tune with the, oh God, give us some folks that are tuned in and will hear your voice. Next part of our verse says, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. The hidden manna. Now, 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 now this part is, of the verse is addressing a select group of people called the overcomers. That's who he's talking to. He said, and to the overcomers, to, to those that overcome. That, that's who I'm talking to, he says. And he says, to the overcomers, there is a promise that is coming to those folks that face adversity and triumph. 
to those that don't wallow in self-pity, but rather they force themselves to persevere through the things of life. Can I just pause here today and encourage somebody in this house that you can make this. You can make, you, you don't have to stop. You don't have to give up. You don't have to roll over. You don't have to lie down. If you were going to give up, you should have given up a long time ago. But you've come too far. You've come through too many trials. You ought to stand right where you are and declare, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to stop trying. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop coming to church. I'm not going to stop believing. There's too much at stake here. Oh, do I have any overcomers in the house today? Is there anybody here who's ever overcome a trial? Is there anybody here today that's ever overcome anything in your life? Anybody here today that can testify that you've come too far to give up now? You're in too deep to turn around. I can't turn back. I will overcome. I tell you, if the devil was going to kill me, he should have killed me a long time ago. Mm. But I'm still here. And I'm still praising God. And I'm still worshiping God. I'm still coming to church. And I'm still paying my tithes. I'm still doing what God wants me to do. Why? Because I'm an overcomer. And John wrote, he said, there is a blessing to him that overcomes. Now notice here in John's language, there, 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 there's not even a question about whether or not they would overcome. I mean, by faith, John just calls them the overcomers. In other words, he says, I, I know it's hard to see now, but, but, but John says, from my perspective, when I got into the spirit, there's not even a question about whether or not you're going to make it. You are an overcomer. Well, Brother Sizemore, how do I know that? Because, you know, I, I do my best. I try and I, I try to overcome, but I can't, I can't always live an overcoming life. How, how do you know that I'm going to be an overcomer? Because a little bit later on, John said, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What, what, is, what does that mean? That means if you've ever come in contact with the blood of the spotless lamb of Jesus Christ, and if you've ever had that blood applied to your life, then you are an overcomer. It means that you've ever had a testimony of God's power in your life, then there are, you are an overcomer. Oh, is there anybody here today that has a testimony? Is there anybody here today that's ever had this precious soul-cleansing blood of Jesus Christ? Christ applied to your life if so today then you are an overcomer you don't got to make an application to be an overcomer you don't have to interview to be an overcomer you don't have to meet the qualifications to be in a, you you went to bed last night an overcomer you woke up this morning an overcomer Come on, somebody say, I am an overcomer. And to him that overcomes, John said, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. The hidden manna. Now, I, I, I probably don't have time today to go into all of this, but 
there are some hidden things of God that will be revealed to the overcomers. When you're an overcomer, you're going to have access to some things in God that other people may not have access to. That there is a part of God that nobody else has ever had. Oh, Brother Sizemore, I thought, we, I thought we knew everything there was to know about God. Well, we're apostolic. I, I, thought we had, I thought we had God cornered. I thought we had the market cornered on God. Slow your roll. Hold on. According to the scripture, there's some things that God has set aside specifically for the overcomers. And he said, if, you, if you'll overcome, you can have the hidden things, the hidden manna. The hidden manna is manna that was set aside by God. It's manna that he didn't give to the children of Israel. I know he poured out manna from heaven on the children of Israel, and, they, and he fed them that way, but apparently there was some that, that he set aside for the overcomers. He, he didn't give it to those that made it into the Canaan land. The hidden manna. He, he didn't even give it to the early church. No. No, he kept it back and he set it aside for the overcomers. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to know today that there are some things that are available to us through the Spirit of God that were not available to those that came before us. You have to know today that there are some blessings and some miracles and some revelations that those before us did not receive but are available to you and I if we'll tune our ears to what the Spirit says and if we'll find our way into the Spirit and if we will overcome. And then John goes a little further. Goes a little further and he says, and I will give him a white Stone. Oh, you were wondering when I was going to get there, weren't you? I'm going to give him a white stone. The, the, the white stone is not something that we really understand today. It's a historical thing. It's an implied thing. You have to go back into history to understand what this means. In, in, in the Greek court system, in the Greek courts, the white stone was given as the stone of acquittal. The stone of acquittal. When a man was charged with a crime in a court and taken into custody, it, it wasn't like it's supposed to be here in America where you're innocent until proven guilty. No. No, in, in, in ancient Greek times, it was the opposite of that. It was you were guilty until proven innocent. So when, when you were charged with something, they would, they would automatically go in and they would confiscate your home and they would take your family away from you and they would take your stuff and they would seize your assets and they would ruin your credit and you, you could no longer buy and sell. Your life stopped. Your life froze. Your job was terminated. You, you were guilty until proven innocent. So through the court proceedings, a man's life was ruined. They would ruin your life then they would put you on trial to find out whether or not you really did what they said you did. But after those court proceedings, after due process, if they went through the process and determined that you were indeed not guilty, the judge said, we find you not guilty. 
And if you were not guilty, they would give the defendant a white stone. And the stone that they gave that defendant allowed him to go back to the place of business and go back to the folks that held their property and go back to the folks that seized their assets and go back to the folks that took his family and walk in the door and present that white stone and say, I want it all back. And when they walked in with the white stone, all that had been taken from them had to be returned to them. Their position that they had lost uh, was given back. Uh, their possessions that they had lost uh, were given back. The things that had been taken because they, were, they could not pay their bills were suddenly restored to them. And they, when they walked in with the stone, it was paradise regained. And Jesus said to John, you be sure to tell the overcomers. You be sure to tell the overcomers, I'm going to give them a white stone. I'm going to give them a white stone. And anything that they've lost, I'm going to give it back to them. And that which was taken away, I'm going to restore it to them. And that which they thought had gone away, those things that they thought were gone, Jesus said, I'm going to somehow make it to find their way back to them. You might think it's over. You might think it's done. But I've come to tell somebody today that it's not over. It's not done. Because when you walk in with a white stone, Everything that you've ever lost is going to be yours again. And Jesus said, be sure to let the overcomers know. You be sure to tell the overcomers. I'm going to give them a white stone. Mm. But that's not all. History also tells us that the Greek Olympians... Yes, the Olympians, long before there was gold and silver and bronze. You were, they would give the Olympians a white stone. And if you were given a white stone, then you were given the authority of the Greek government. You could walk into a restaurant and order a meal, and when the waiter came with your bill, all you had to do was show them the white stone. And your bill was taken care of. Some of y'all are going to walk into Frisch's today and try to do that. I do not recommend that. <laughs> Bad idea. You'll be doing the washing dishes. Yeah, you don't want to do that. But in, in ancient Greek times, you could walk in and you could show them. If, if, you, wanted, if, you, needed a, if you needed a suit of clothes... You, you could walk into the store and you could show them the white stone and whatever you wanted to purchase was purchased for you. When you had a white stone, you had access to somebody else's resources. Somebody else was paying the tab. It was kind of like, Brother Tierney, it was kind of like eating from crops that you didn't plant. It was kind of like drinking from wells that, that you didn't dig. It was kind of like living in houses that, that you didn't build when you got a hold of the white stone. Can I just tell you today, when you get a hold of the white stone, you can tap into the bounty of God's riches. My friend, we serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And our Heavenly Father has given us access to all of His abundance. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But because we're heirs 
of righteousness because we're sons and daughters of the most high God because we're grafted into the vine because we overcame he'll give us a white stone Musicians, you come. I know there's food waiting on you. Pastor warned me that you might all get angry at me. I know what's up. God said, Jesus told John, he said, I'll give him a white stone. And in the stone. Read the rest of that verse. In the stone, a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receive it. He said, I'm going to write something on the stone, and nobody's going to know what's written on it except for me, says God, and the one who receives it. You know, let me just tell you, there are certain things that ought to just be between you, your spouse, and God. Some people like to tell all their business. We didn't ask for it. We didn't want to know. Some people just want to tell it. But there, but there are some things that ought to just exist between the covenant of you, your spouse, and God. Facebook don't need to know. Instagram don't need to, oh, I've gone to meddling. And God said to the overcomer, I'm going to write something in this stone that nobody will know about except for the person who it's for and me. Let me give you a little scriptural context to this. I remember a time in the word of the Lord where there was an adulterous woman thrown at the feet of Jesus. And the crowd was standing around just waiting for Jesus to condemn her. And the Bible says that Jesus stooped down and he wrote something in the dirt. And when that nosy, busybody Pharisee looked over Jesus' shoulder to see what it said, the Bible says Jesus erased it. In fact, the scripture doesn't even record what it was because the guy who wrote it didn't even know. But there were two people in the annals of history who knew what that said the woman and Jesus the woman knew what it said it never got recorded but there was one woman who knew exactly what it said and she knew what it meant for her can I just tell somebody today Jesus writes your sins in dirt so that they can be erased but he writes your new name. I said he writes your new name in stone. And nobody else may understand what it meant to you. And nobody else may understand.
understand what it means in your life. And nobody else may understand. Nobody else was there to see what God brought you out of. But you were there. You were there. You know what it means. And God said, I'm going to write something in your stone that only you'll know about. And that only I'll, oh, you can't tell it like I can tell it. Because I was there. He wrote it for me. And nobody else may understand what me and Jesus got going on, but I understand what it is, and it means something to me. My new name is written <laughs> in stone, in the white stone. Today, I've got to tell you, you can have a relationship with God that goes deeper than I just go to church. You can have something with God that is just between you and him. Nobody else has to be privy to it. Just you and him. There is a place in God called the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And it's in that secret place that God takes down your stone. He takes down your stone and he can download into you what is unique and what is special to you. Stand to your feet with me today. John, you be sure to tell the overcomers. You be sure to tell the ones that have come in contact with the blood of Jesus and have a word of testimony. You be sure to tell them that I'm taking down a white stone. I'm going to give them the authority of heaven. I'm going to restore to them everything that they've ever lost. It's all coming back in due season. But you also be sure to tell them that I'm going to write their name in that stone. And I'm going to write something in there that the devil can't even erase if he wanted to. The enemy couldn't even wipe it out if he wanted to. Today there is a white stone with your name on it. There is healing with your name on it. There is salvation with your name on it. There is faith with your name on it today. God has given you a white stone. He has given you victory. He's given you favor. He's given you the access to the riches of heaven. All you have to do today is get a hold of it and lay hold on it today. You have a white stone. Would you lift your hands with me right now all across this place? Come on, somebody needs to lift up to heaven and you need to get a hold of that stone today. Come on, somebody needs to lift your hands and get a hold of the stone today. The chief cornerstone. The stone that the builder rejected. Oh, somebody needs to get a hold of a white stone today. Come on, bow your head and close your eyes. Come on, everybody. Nobody looking around today. 
Maybe you're here this morning and it's been a while since you've heard the voice of the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're not sure whether or not you're tuned in all the way to what the Lord is trying to speak to you and what God's trying to do in your life. If that's you today, I want you to know these altars are open for you. Come on, our ministry is coming right now and they're going to lay hands on you and they're going to pray for you today. Come on, maybe you're here and you need to live as an overcomer. Maybe you're not living as an overcomer. But God said you can be an overcomer. Maybe you need to get a hold of a white stone today. Come on, who will come as we sing this morning? Come on, who will come and take a hold of a white stone today? God, see it. Come on, God, I want to be an overcomer in your house. God, I want to have healing in my body. God, I want to win, God. I, I want to wake up every day knowing how to overcome. Come on, every high thing. Come on, get a hold of the white stone today. Come on, get a hold of the white stone. God has written your name in stone today. Come on, as we sing again, I wonder if we can flood this altar today. Come on, I wonder if we can flood this altar today. Come on, somebody needs victory in this house. Yeah.